All right, guys. Market news. Number one on a list of 10 here, guys. I have Microsoft files patent for new cryptocurrency and mining system. So not much to say about this one. Uh, big tech companies file, file patents all the time for stuff that they think that they don't even know if they're ever going to create. On the off chance that someone does create it and it fits within their patent framework and they simply get paid for it and they can sue. Lots of these big companies actually make a good amount of revenue from patents that they hold, never created, and someone else did. Apple, Samsung, uh, Microsoft, IBM, all these guys hold patents to products they've never created. And in some instances, never thought, never actually knew they would never create uh, simply on the off chance that somebody would create them in the future. So I don't think this means it's meaningless at this point. I don't think they're actually trying to develop this, um, but they're hoping somebody might in the future. Number two on the list of 10, Tether uh, announced surpasses 6 billion in liabilities. Yeah, look, in the current state of affairs, I wouldn't, tr I wouldn't trust um, uh, the liability sheets, you know, uh, uh, debt in lots of companies. I didn't trust it in Tether before. I definitely don't trust it now. As we just talked about before, there's, you know, this conspiracy theory that the Bitcoin jumped to 20K was part and partial to the fact uh, that uh, Tether was simply made out of thin air and then used to buy Bitcoin, which then accelerated the price. And it's a pretty good conspiracy theory. It may or well not be true, maybe not whole, but definitely, or maybe in parts. Uh, so if you believe that conspiracy theory, then them printing some more uh, right now, especially when Bitcoin was at a low that it hasn't seen in some time with 3.7K, 3 whatever it was, um, you know, maybe they printed some more. Think about this. Now that they say that Tether isn't 100% backed by USD, that it, it's also backed by Bitcoin and other assets. Uh, imagine the fact that they buy with, with they, they, they create Tether out of thin air. All right, go run with me. One billion in Tether out of thin air. They buy Bitcoin at 3.7. Bitcoin goes to 7.4. Now the Bitcoin's worth 2 billion in USDT, in, in USD basically, or, or USDT. And they created one billion out of thin air to create it. Now they have the billion to back it up, and they have a billion extra in extra cash, right? So that may explain as well if you believe the first conspiracy theory about the twenty k rise that they actually that's why they changed from just having USD backed to having it also through Bitcoin and other assets because perhaps they just created the shit out of thin air, bought a bunch of assets, they went sky high. And then they either cashed out, held on, whatever. And at some point, their treasury in those assets outweighed the amount of USDT that was actually in circulation. All right, number three on the list of 10, uh, Binance's coin market cap acquisition, uh, acquisition Jesus Christ, um, is a bet that crypto uh, really is for the masses. Uh, no, it's not. Um, I'll tell you why they would buy coin market cap, 100%. Now, I don't, I don't particularly like Binance, so... Um, I can go out on a limb here and say that they're going to fuck coin market cap up. Coin market cap was already pretty fucked up. Um, you know, the, their, their data was shit, mainly because they got their data through unregulated sources that could just send any data they wanted. So obviously it was shit. They tried to make uh, certain amends to, to make that data more accurate. What they did doesn't really do anything to make that data more accurate. So, um, you know, you could say that Binance may, you know, screw this up. Just like people were saying, you know, Microsoft is going to screw up Skype when they bought it. I don't know, maybe they did. I don't use it anymore. So <laughs> not really because of Microsoft, but anyway. Um, so what I, why did they buy CoinMarketCap? Why do they want to buy CoinMarketCap? It is the most visited property in crypto by far. 
Uh, it's ranked like number 500 in the world of most visited websites. It gets a ton of fucking traffic. And, you know, Binance's main, uh, the main, let's say, step, subset of clients that they're going after are retail guys. Retail guys look at coin market cap. Institutional guys or guys that are, are just pro retail guys know that coin market cap is literally bullshit. Um, you can't trust what you see on coin market cap. That doesn't mean everything on there is wrong. What it means is that there's no way to vet if it's right or not. So why would you look at it? But retail guys look at it and Binance gets most of their volume from retail guys. So they just bought the, 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 most, the, the most coveted traffic generating website in crypto. That's why they bought it. Now, will they put all Binance ads all over the place? I don't think so. I think they leave it as coin market cap. What I think they do is, is they may, they obviously get, they they know they'll probably maintain the top spot in volume as far as exchanges go. So now they get now they're getting that same advertising they were getting, but at the same time they'll be able to add in different metrics that show Binance at the top. So you're going to see Binance on the top of all these different metrics that they're going to be able to produce, and they get a lot of that traffic. So that's why they bought it. And number four on the list ten, Mt. Gox deadline extended again after creditors criticize refund proposal. Yeah, well, this is probably going for a while. This is not anything really new. When companies get liquidated, guys, you're talking three to five years usually to get any any amount of money back if you get anything back. Um, so and this has nothing to do with being crypto related. It obviously creates different caveats. Most of these liquidators have never had to liquidate crypto, right? They're used to they're used to having okay, we have to find a hundred million euro. We found 80, 25 million in cash and these assets, we sold these for 25 million in cash. Now we have 50 million in cash. Everybody gets half of what they, what they initially had on their accounts. Easy. Now they have crypto though. All right, well, this guy put in a Bitcoin, but the Bitcoin was worth $300 at the time. Now we only, but now we recovered 80% of that Bitcoin, but now it's worth much more. Now are we getting this, are, are we going to give this guy back the euro value, the dollar value, the yen value, or the actual Bitcoin? Do we have to transfer the physical Bitcoin? Can we actually do that? What is the laws around that? So you can imagine that this is going to take much more, much longer than a normal liquidation effort. Um, so, you know, don't hold your breath. Number five on the list of 10, Egypt's controlling cash flows makes case for Bitcoin. Yeah. So like several countries around the world now and probably more to come, limiting the accessibility to cash at ATMs and banks because they're fearing bank runs. They're fearing people want to go to cash. They feel, you know, somehow they feel um, safer when the cash is in their hands rather than the bank. Well, somehow we know why. Uh, Cyprus haircut. Anybody remember that nonsense? Um, I don't think Egypt's going to, they're not the first, they're not the last. They're going to be more countries. And I bet you, you will see even some first world countries start to do the same thing because simply they won't have enough physical cash uh, depending on how long this uh, epidemic uh, continues and how long people are on lockdown and how more scared the people get by way of listening to the media on how much cash they're actually going to want to withdraw. Um, I don't know if it makes a case for Bitcoin per se. Um, yeah, you can get access to your Bitcoin. Great. But so what? If you have to, you know, it looks right now, everybody in the world thinks the, the, the best commodity to have is toilet paper, right? Uh, everywhere you go, like for some reason, there's no toilet paper. Here in Estonia, at first, what was missing from the supermarkets was toilet paper and perishables, like fruit, vegetable, and meat. Who buys perishables when you think you're going to be on lockdown and not be able to leave your house for months. I mean, what you eat good for two or three days and then everything goes bad and you die. I mean, how does that work out anyway? Uh, but toilet paper. Uh, so yeah, people hoard toilet paper right now. Do you think those toilet paper sellers are going to be accepting Bitcoin in a crunch? Number six on the list 10 ripple hints, next generation XRP trading platform in the works. Haven't read this one. Don't even want to, don't even care. 
Um, next generation, I didn't even know there was a first generation XRP trading platform, but okay. Um, next generation in trading terms, I've been around trade tech for a, a long time. Usually what that means is literally some new phrase that they invent that means the same damn thing that the last platform was doing, right? That's it. For example, I'll give you an out of this world example. Let's say I have a platform that you can trade crypto on and I say, you can post limit orders. Everybody goes, limit orders. And let's say before that, nobody had limit orders, right? So they're like, limit orders, I can place a limit order, awesome, right? And then three months I go, next generation guys, now you can place continually price checking, algorithmically safe, uh, uh, let's say contrarian orders. People go, holy shit. That sounds amazing. Now, what I just told you doesn't really exist, but you could make it. That's just what it sounded like to me. And I just kind of made this up on the fly. What it sounded like to me is now I can place uh, orders that sit in the book, like a limit order, continually check price and then go contrarian. Uh, so against trend, right? So great. So it's a limit order combined with an algo that creates contra uh, contrarian price strategy. Okay, cool. Um, but now it sounds next generation, but it's not doing anything different than any other platform did before that. Don't trust trade tech, guys. Trade tech is usually bullshit. Um, everybody in the grandmother usually has the same shit. Now, UI UX can be fabulously better. And, and, and for newbie traders, new traders, better UI, better UX, better, better, better ability for them to, to, to visualize what they're doing will be a better platform for them. But don't fall for the next trade tech generation bullshit most of the time. Now, in crypto, you got to take that with a grain of salt because most platforms suck, even on the back end, right? So there, there could be somebody coming around with something that can do, you know, maybe less latency or whatever in terms of uh, processing orders. But in general, when you see next generation trade tech, run. Uh, number seven on a list of 10, Bitcoin price likely bottomed 3.7, likely bottomed uh, in 3.7K BitMEX crash, says Tone Vase. So I know Tone Vase. We've had a lot of good conversations. His haircuts are fucking horrendous. Now, I have to say that uh, Oliver here has a haircut right now that is spectacular. And if him and Tone Vase went head-to-head -head on the worst haircut, I don't know who would win. I think Tone still might win because Tone's had some haircuts that literally, like, bald men are afraid of. Like, I've seen the haircut and I'm like, holy shit, you know, like... I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want my worst enemy to have this haircut, but uh, Oliver's got a pretty, he's got a doozy right now. He's got, a, he's got a doozy. Um, I don't know if he wants to comment about that, but um, so I love when an analyst and, and look, Tone, maybe, maybe Tone's going to hear this uh, AMA. I don't know at some point, but I love when analysts uh, come out and give likely price predictions, right? Cause then you're right regardless. So Tone says we've likely bottomed. And then I'm sure right after that, he probably said, but it's possible we do go back down to low, lo lower lows, maybe close to 2K. But even if we do, I would still be bullish long term. That's probably what Tone said more in a nutshell, right? Likely 3.7, right? Um, no analyst likes to come out and make a serious concrete prediction because you could be wrong. But a likely, you can be, you're right either way, right? And if your likely explanation is vague enough, then you're, you're like super right, regardless of where the market goes. I don't think, I think there's still in the cards that we will go lower. We went lower on a knee-jerk reaction based to the fact that all markets went to shit. Now we're starting to see the markets kind of not know where to go. But understand that the economy in the entire world on paper is going to get extremely fucking worse before it gets better. And in times like this, people run to cash then say, well, you know what? Wait a minute. The market's stabilizing. You know, I don't want to go all the cash because, you know, I want to be able to recoup some of my losses. And then more losses come 
and they go harder to cash. So I wouldn't place any big bets that we've seen the bottom. I don't care about today's price action, 14%. We're close to whatever, seven point, whatever K we're at right now, USD. Fucking meaningless. It is meaningless because, uh, you know, once, you know, you can still have outflows and outflows are definitely possible. No one's really thinking about the, the full repercussion of what's going to happen here with massive layoffs, massive. Most most people are employed around the world, by the way, uh, especially, and, and not most, a, a vast, a large number of people around the world are employed by SMEs, small to medium sized enterprises. Those guys aren't going to get bailed out. Those guys, $1,200 from the U.S. government or some some loan guarantee that no not all businesses get from some European government isn't going to do shit to stop most of those businesses from going out of business. That's going to be a lot of jobs lost. And those are niche jobs, let's say. Those are jobs you can't replace right away. Amazon hiring 100,000 or whoever hiring whatever, Tesco hiring, isn't going, to, isn't going to bring back all those jobs into the marketplace. There is going to be repercussions across industries that have never really seen a hit. Commercial real estate. Oh, my God. Imagine now all these big comp- corporations that can't pay their rents in all these corporate buildings that are now asking for deferment for three, six, 12 months. These companies that seem to be flush with cash but imagine, take a, take a case like Cheesecake Factory, guys. This is a bit off topic, but take a case like Cheesecake Factory. I read this in the 300 stores around the U.S. If you have never been to the U.S. or you have or you know what Cheesecake Factory is, you don't. Cheesecake Factory is basically a restaurant for fat people. I mean, that's let's let's just put it. I've been to Cheesecake Factory. You know, you go in there, eat a lot of super high grease. They taste great. Some of that shit tastes really good, but super high greasy food. And they have like 9,000 cheesecakes. Everybody's sitting there gobbling up cheesecake. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's terrible for humanity. Um, and, but anyway, so cheesecake factory, 300 restaurants in the U S they're pretty much in every major city in a mall. Every mall has a cheesecake factory, right? These guys are paying 50, hundred K a month in rent, right? 300 of them can't put, they, all of them can't pay rent in April. They probably won't pay rent in May or June either. Right now, these guys have at least a hundred million, maybe up to 300 million in cash. So you're thinking as a normal person, 300 million in cash, you can't pay your rent. Fuck's wrong with you. You know? I don't have 300 million in cash. I'm paying my rent. Yeah, well, 300 restaurants. Let's say it's 50K per restaurant and it's probably more. That's 15 million per month, right? Now add in all the auxiliary expenses, staff, et cetera, that are still getting paid while they do curbside delivery and they can't make any money doing it, right? And those guys aren't making any tips, et cetera. So add in another 100K per restaurant for auxiliary expenses, right? Add that in electricity, whatever, all this other nonsense, right? That still needs to be done because there's people in there working, even though people aren't sitting in the restaurant, right? So add that in. What do you get? 30 million, 45 million a month in overhead. Let's say they have 100 million. That's two months. Let's say they have 300 million. That's six months. No money. Uh, and, and they're not the only company like that. That's only in the US. Now, complicate, put that around the world. It's, it's going to get shitty, guys. The economies are going to get shitty. And uh, I, why would you run to Bitcoin? Like your, your entire, you have no job, you have no income. Your, your, all your investment savings are down 40%. Why the fuck would you put that into another speculative asset? Why does that make any sense? It doesn't. It doesn't. To any normal person, it doesn't make sense. So why would that be the bottom based on fundamentals? On technicals, well, you can make an argument on a million things why it would be the bottom. Am I saying that, is, that, 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 that we will go lower? No. What I'm saying is I wouldn't be on the buy side right now either. I would be hands off in almost any market unless you find something stocks or whatever that really bottom out where you know historically speaking your risk your risk for them to go to zero if a stock goes to you know two euros that was at 50 well obviously the risk to the downside is pretty pretty minimalized right so you know i mean whatever the risk to the downside right now with bitcoin is not minimalized in fact it's even worse today because it's up 
Uh, number eight in the list of 10, zero interest rates could hamper the stablecoin business. <sighs> Depends on what your use case for the stablecoin is. I would say that not necessarily. Um, stablecoins, for the most part, are, uh, well, for one major reason why they're valuable is that you can move them instantly in real time. You can settle in real time on weekends, whatever, for almost no cost, and it's near instant. Um, zero interest rates don't. So what? If you're talking about, um, you know, the ability, uh, geez, I don't even know. I, to be honest, I'm not even sure. I don't even want, I don't want to read it because we don't have enough time, guys, to be honest, for me to read through this thing. I can skim through it, but I don't feel like it. Um, so I'm just going to say that I don't really get that one. I guess for specific use cases, they could be, there could be something in there. Um, but I don't think it really, it really darkens the stable coin industry per se, uh, zero interest rate. A Blockstream CEO, Adam Beck, this is nine out of 10, says Bitcoin having is quantitative hardening. <laughs> Remember I was talking about trade tech? I said they just make up fucking words to make shit sound like it's, you know, more interesting. Well, there you go. Uh, it's not bad, though, quantitative hardening. Um, kind of sounds like an adult film I saw once, though. Um, look, I, I don't... I, 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 you know, Adam Beck, whatever, is Adam Beck, and that's great. Blockstream is Blockstream. They've been around for a long time, and they, they're one of the first guys in this entire industry. Bitcoin having, my friends, look, when it comes to news, when you trade news, right, you're a news trader, right? You have things like NFP, non-farm payroll in the U.S., right, or changes in jobless claims. You know the news is coming. Three or four days before, sometimes a week before, you get analyst predictions that are generally within all the same ballpark. So you almost know what the news will be, but there's always a chance it's going to be different. And that's why it affects the market, because there's always a chance it can be different. And if some analysts think it'll be different and it's not, it still affects the market. That chance is what affects the market, not the news itself. Here, you know when the news is coming, what the news is, and what the outcome is, 100%. So how is this not priced in? It may take time to price in. Miners may need to start liquidating some of their, some of their miners. They may need to downgrade a bit. They may need to upgrade. They may need to move things from one country to another. They may need to go offline for some time. And obviously that can kind of, you know, be priced in over time, but it's priced in, dude. hundred fucking percent it's priced in. What happens, obviously you're going to see some, some jerky moves around the happening. Why? Because it's going to be, you know, today's the happening. It's happened. And then people that don't really understand what that means or people that have been watching analysts make stupid predictions will be like, oh, that means I got to buy or sell or whatever. And they will move their, their positions around. But in reality, how can it not... Give me a scenario where this isn't priced in. Number 10 on the list of 10, billionaire investor Jim Breyer drops Ethereum in crypto portfolio shakeup. Happens all the time. Portfolios drop assets. Why is it news in crypto? Well, because I guess there's not much news to go around. But, well, it's an illiquid market. So when you have one big, imagine that. Guy. Imagine if Grayscale said tomorrow no more Bitcoin. It just dumps $3 billion into the market. Um, that's, that's scary. That's scary in these times, right? People, people, I've said, some people say, ah, this, this whole price drop was because institutional money. Then other people say it's retail, whatever. But what you see here is one portfolio got one portfolio, just one decides that they're out of one asset and it makes the news. Now, if a one portfolio dropped gold, unless it's Peter Schiff or, you know, somebody who, who's like the gold bug, uh, of the year. Um, do you think it would make the news? Like, you know, uh, Jim Brayer stopped, uh, drops gold. You think that would make the news? Of course it wouldn't. Nobody would care. Blip on the screen. 
definitely makes the news here. Not good for those who think that, you know, crypto can weather the storm of, econo of global economic impact when, when things like this make the news. And I'll uh, see you guys soon. Cheers.